Hello, and welcome to the Four Bronx Community Podcast. My name is Laura Levine Pinedo, and I am the founder and the director of the Four Bronx Project. My journey has led me to such amazing neighbors with such interesting stories, and I am ready to share them with you. I invite you to join us as we meet members of our community, such as small business owners and so much more. Let's support local, and let's have a cup of tea together and chat about all things community. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Four Bronx Community Podcast. Today we are joined by Jonathan Calixto. Hi, Jonathan. Hi. So Jonathan Calixto is a media maven with over eight years of experience in public relations, influencer marketing, and communications. His current titles range from multimedia journalist, host, creator, publisher, and editor. Some of the media outlets he has worked for include Bronx Net TV, Bella Magazine, Bella Latina Magazine, and News 12. Covering topics from fashion, local news, LGBTQ plus lifestyle, and social impact topics. In 2023, Jonathan launched his own podcast, Inspire Your Inner Boss, talking with guests about inspirational topics, how they define being a boss, and a moment that inspired them to become the boss of their life. Whether it is his work on camera or behind the scenes, Jonathan's mission is to add his own touch of representation, something that he didn't see growing up, to show other queer Latinx individuals they can be seen in any industry. Good morning, and thank you for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having me and reading my bio. I love it. I always <laughs> love interviewing journalists because it's like, this is my show now. Yeah. So I'm you like, have to sit down and answer those questions. And you, the seat is red. I feel like I'm in the hot you're seat. You're in the hot seat. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up where you are. Are you a Bronx guy? Like, tell us. Yeah, so I am born and raised in the Bronx. Uh, I was born in Albert Einstein Hospital, and then I was raised in Bedford Park. Literally have been there for like 30 years of my life. So my family, when they also uh, immigrated to this country, that was where they ended up, in the Bronx as well. So it's always been in our DNA. Uh, And yeah, when I was growing up here, I went to school at uh, PS8 for uh, like elementary school then went to school at uh, Bronx Dance Academy in Norwood and like by oh, Woodlawn okay. so it was always here uh, and then that's how I kind of explored and found kind of my creativity and that I like performing arts and so when it was time to go to high school I really wanted to go to a performing arts school uh, but my parents were like you need a solid job as Latinos they were like we want you to go to a tech school that's going to be like your path of course and where are your parents from if I may ask uh, they're from Peru Peru oh well, my husband's Peru oh Oh, you know, so you know how we are. Ceviche on the weekend. Yeah, so, but no, yeah, so that was how I kind of pivoted a little bit. uh, And then I started thinking long term. And I was like, if I can be a performer, then guess what? I want to be the person talking to them. And I want to be interviewing people and see what their experience was like. Because I knew that it maybe wouldn't happen for me. So it was always that curiosity that was like, I want to be talking to them and be a reporter. Uh, But through growing up, there was no representation of either men of color that I really could look up to or even queer people that were openly out and being hosts um, on the carpet or doing um, anchoring shows so that's how I kind of started exploring and being like well if I want to do this let's do it with a purpose and I started kind of finding my path to be a reporter and journalist wow and like so your family they must be so proud when they see you on TV right Uh, yes but they're also like do you ever sleep so it's a combo they're like worried and excited right right (laughs) I know Tell, tell us about it. Um, so like 
Where did you go to college? I went to college at Pace University in uh, Pleasantville. Okay. And so tell us a little bit, how did you end up with Bronx Net? Yeah, so it's crazy because my story with the Bronx is always, I say, like a love story. Because mm. for a while, I was trying to run away a little bit. Uh, again, because of that whole thing of I didn't know how I could be a professional and really work here while being openly out. You know, I always thought that, that there could be a conflict there. I wouldn't be accepted. So after I graduated uh, from Pleasantville, I did move back in with my parents for a little bit, uh, but I was working in the city and I was working uh, freelancing in a magazine, working as an editor, and then also uh, working in PR. And that was kind of my first um, kind of full-time job, kind of mm -hmm. my career. And so after a while, I was thinking of moving to Virginia to be with my partner, who we had been long distance for like five years at that point. And then I was already applying to jobs out there, like literally decided I'm going to move my life. And I was like, you know what, just let me apply to this job that's for a reporter role just to see what happens. You know, I was trying to break into a newsroom and anywhere that I was applying to like Univision, Telemundo, they were like, if you haven't worked in a newsroom, you can't work with us. So I was like, okay, let me start local, see what happens. Right. I applied uh, and two weeks later, I got an interview offer and I was like, okay, well, let's see what happens. And they were like, we want to offer you a job. So then I was like, okay, I can't move. <laughs> and so I ended up at Bronx and it's been almost close to two years now. And you know, it's, it's been a blessing, I would say. Uh -huh. Came at a crazy time for me, but they've. It's always been, the way, isn't it? It always. That's what happens, you know. Crazy times bring out the best. So yeah. It's I've like you there. plan life, and then you la like you're laughing. You know, it's just it's funny. <laughs> so um, now you've been you've been interviewing. You've been around every part of the Bronx, everywhere, everybody, everything. Tell us a little bit about the people of the Bronx as a whole. Yeah. The people of the Bronx as a whole, I would say definitely there are so many inspiring stories here and just people who have literally are fighting every day to just live a life that's fulfilling and with a purpose, right? Right. And so I think the beauty of what I've been able to do at Bronx Net is connect with people of so many different industries and just so many different like lives and paths um, from entrepreneurs to creatives to immigrantes who are just kind of getting to this country, figuring things out. Uh, so I would definitely say there's always there like a passion and a beauty of people trying to like live their best life intentionally. Right, right. And I think we're also a very resilient bunch. We're like so stubborn. We're like... <laughs> yes. So it's like, so hard to take. Like we will go down fighting, you know. Yeah, like we, which is the beauty of it, I think. Yeah, I no, that. absolutely. Um, so you've covered so many stories. We see you all the time. Is there a certain story, like a favorite story, that you did that kind of like sticks out to you? Yes, I would say, uh, especially with being a journalist, a lot of times we do get to pitch our stories, uh, but it's traditional that the network or some of our producers or assignment desk uh, have their own kind of ideas of what we want to cover that day. For me, I pitched a story on at the time when the whole thing with asylum seekers and immigrantes coming here, uh, there was a big focus that in the Bronx there wasn't, and through my own research I found out that there was one resource center for immigrantes here in the Bronx. Meanwhile, other boroughs had three to five. Of course. Yeah, exactly. Course. So I was like, this is not surprising to me, but do people know this? And so I got to pitch my own story and cover a full day at one of the resource centers here in the Bronx that is literally ran by Latinos, immigrantes themselves, who provide clothing, food, just oh, like seven-day programming for people who need it. And, you know, obviously it's like a 
topic right now. People have their own views. But the point of it was to just share that there is a place for people to find help. You right. know, even if you all have already been here and maybe you have your documents, they were still helping people legally to just make sure that they weren't being taken advantage of. So it was really nice to see that story just come together and uh, for us to show it. And it did a lot for the source. Right. As well. And it's, it's interesting you say that like the Bronx had one and other boroughs had three or four. The Bronx, for me, and tell me if you agree with this or not, we always are like, get the short end of the stick in things. 100%. We are the, you know, the lowest, we're like the poorest borough. Mm-hmm. We have the highest percentage of folks of color, uh, historically marginalized folks. And there is, there was a big lack of representation. So this is why what you're saying is so important. Because when a queer Latinx child sees you on this TV and you're so open and you're so like they're like wow I can do that too I can be what I want to be there's there's someone that looks like me and someone who is like me on this TV doing amazing amazing work you know and I, I think it's very very important and it's yeah. very special and you're doing an amazing amazing job thank you I appreciate that and so. I think yeah like you said it, it was important when I also came into this role that I was open about it you know and I would say to people who are exploring that too like it took me some time I didn't just end up one day and say hey I'm gonna step into this career and be openly gay uh, that took some time for me to explore to know what it meant to be a part of this community what I can do to support it uh, but when I stepped into that newsroom I made sure that my producer my directors knew that that was a component of me and that right. if they needed to cover something like that and they had people who maybe didn't feel comfortable or were tippy-toeing around it, I was comfortable right. covering those stories. Right, and you're a voice for that um, for that group and yeah. for everybody. So it's, it's amazing. I think it's really, really important. What was your favorite like sit-down interview at the studio besides the Four Bronx and I myself, of say. course? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, besides you, yes, that was incredible because uh, we got to just deep dive a little bit more I feel like from our initial when we get to go out into the field you know it's one of those things where we have maybe a few minutes to interact but the sit downs are always my favorite uh, I would say that I've been able to do with Bronxnet it's actually something that we're like piloting right now uh, but I got to speak with the Bronx historian and literally his job is to know everything and anything about the Bronx and for me even though I've born and raised here grew up here there's a lot of things I don't know, and, I, and I'm very open to admit that. And he literally schooled me everything from how the Bronx came about, why it's the Bronx, or why you know why we have that conflict. You're the only borough with the with yeah. the title. So exactly. So he broke it all down, and uh, j- just to hear from someone who has literally studied this was one of my favorites. Just because um, you know, he, we think he's like a historian nerd, but I'm like, there's also layers to him too of why he loved history. So I also think it's very important to like learn histories to bring into the future you know how we got here and how we're moving forward yeah um what was the saddest or the most frustrating day or story at the job thus far oh the most frustrating like do you ever go home and cry like like if you do a sad story Yes, about like sad stories and, and those kind of topics. Uh, every time you come across it, it is very sensitive. Uh, I would say just naturally because how I am, I try to like spin it to something inspiring or what can we take away from it. Right. I would say something that did recently like kind of just uh, shock me a little bit or just touched me was uh, I covered one of the newest breast care centers in the Bronx. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And so it's still something we're editing and we're putting together, but one time when you sometimes when you get to go out into the field especially with hospitals and stuff you don't get to really sometimes talk to the patients but more, more so the professionals that day I was so lucky to speak with a patient who literally 
is a health aid person herself, got diagnosed with breast care, um, with breast cancer, I mean, and her life has completely turned around. And for her to just be so vulnerable to share why having something, a resource in the Bronx was so pivotal for her and how it's helped her, her like two other daughters as well to just stay on top of their health as well. That for me, it was literally our interviews sometimes are like five minutes or so. I think I sat down with her for like maybe about 15 minutes uh-huh. just because I was like, there's so much here that maybe we can even cut to something else. Right. Um, again, that just was something that shocked me because I think the health system in general, uh, she was an African-American woman as well. So talking about that struggle as well in the Bronx with the care. I didn't um, know it existed that. until you posted it, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, so I'm saying those are the things that I'm like, people don't know. and But you also don't know the impact it's having on people. So, so sometimes, get to talk to the people who are directly impacted by it or help. Exactly. Because let me tell you, for me, I lost both my grandmothers to breast cancer. Mm. So now I I actually was thinking about this. I saw this that you posted it. I'm like, wow, I got to go get checked. Yeah. So how many more people are going to, when they see this story, they're going to say, oh, let's go get checked. Yep. And it's one of those things too with the stories. Like I told you before, usually we get like a minute and a half, two minutes to tell a story. This is one of those stories that I'm pushing to be like, can we make it five minutes? Can we just, or do a two part thing, you know, just to kind of, again, make that connection with people to let them know this is here and how it can help you. I do want to say something to you because I don't think you know this. Um, The day that you interviewed me. The day before we had this interview, I resigned from my job that I had for eight years. And I remember coming into the studio, I felt like crap, okay? Because I just resigned, I was like very emotional. And I said to you, let's just not discuss this, let's just keep going. And I just want to say that was the first interview that I've ever done. It pivoted my career because at that point, at that interview, I had nothing to lose. Mm. I was, it was a clean slate, blank slate. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to be myself. And I was myself. Like, yeah. that was the first time in an interview that I was myself. And people were like, wow. And I'm just like, you know, now I take myself, like, a little less seriously, so. Yeah, and thank you for that energy. And just, I think those are the beauty, like, those are the moments that I look forward to in an interview is when we get to just kind of, like, put our barriers down just for that minute and just interact and share dialogue. So thank you right. so much for bringing that. And I also think that's something different with you because... You know, from our end, you know, anyone that gets interviewed, it can be very, like, nervous, like, nerve-wracking. You're like, oh, my, are they going to put me in a corner and ask me some crazy questions? So, I, like, I thank you because you create, like, a safe platform. Like, I know you're not going to, like, ask some craziness, you know? Yeah. People are not. I don't know if you know. I mean, you know that. You work with the public. Yes. Um, anyway, so... Um, Tell us, like going back to representation, tell us why representation for you, whether it be Latinx or LGBTQ+, is so important to this borough of the Bronx and everybody in general. Yeah, I think it's important because for even up until now, being almost 32 years old and being... Such a baby. (laughs) But like being such a native to the Bronx, uh, there's still times where I fear walking down the street or if I'm running from literally when I was at my parents or my own apartment in the Bronx of the city for like fashion week and dressing up a little bit, fearful that I might get like just mugged for just expressing who I am and how I feel comfortable, you know? So I think the importance for me of having representation, especially in the Bronx, has been that hopefully it can inspire other people to live in their truth so that we can continue to in a sense not physically but just fight back on all these things that are the barriers the stereotypes that are put on us and to just show that we look and come in all shapes sizes 
you know, aspirations, like everything. Right, right. <laughs> well, that's another thing about the Bronx. I don't know if you hear. We got birds here, guys. Yes. The birds, Our the birds. Special guests. <laughs> the special guests of the birds. Um, yeah, no, it's it's really really important, and I I think it is getting better than when we were kids. I'm 33. Would you agree? Representation is getting better. Definitely getting better, and I think it's starting conversations at home as well. Like I know growing up as well, another part of that importance of representation has been that growing up in my own family, Latinos uh, being in the Bronx mainly, we. And up until this day, don't have anybody else who's openly out except for me. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I've had to play the role of being an educator to my parents, my cousins, my tias, um, even my nephews and nieces that sometimes may have questions about, oh, what, right. who is this person with you? And so I think the more we offer that representation, it'll start combos at home that hopefully then kind of go out into our community as well. We kind of travel with that as well. Were, was your family always supportive of you? Uh, no. <laughs> and, and I, yeah, and I think obviously it's, it's typical. I know uh, that I listen. Yeah, it's normal. Yeah. Uh, but I would say they've come such a long way where like now my mom and my dad sit down and want to take all my fiance and I to go to That's dinner so and nice. we can sit down. My brother, who's like 10 years younger than me, grew up in a different generation, is so accepting of him. Oh, like, yeah. Like that younger generation him. is very hopeful for the future. Yes. I'm like, and I'm excited about that because yes. the fact that he as a straight man can take that into community to proudly say my brother has his partner who's a man, like those little things oh, matter to me. My, yeah. Like my sister is 17 She's so aware Of pronouns Like that generation Is like there's hope Yeah There is definitely hope But I think it's important Because you know If you are someone Who is gay Or you know any, let's just say anything in your family doesn't accept you, right? Is not accepting of your career or anything. Um, you know, I just think like eventually people will come around. And I do want to say to the people, oh, I can't get over it. I just can't get over it. My sister's gay. She's getting married in October to her fiance. Wow. And my cousin is a priest in Ireland who's on his way. He's a very, very big priest on his way to become a cardinal. And he's coming to this wedding, not as a priest, not to marry, to support his cousin. Wow. So if someone like like my, you know what I mean? Like, I think, and that's why it's so important with pride and, and, and all this stuff, because at some point down the road, you may not a agree with, you know, gay, you know, like gay people, or you you might be like anti-gay or whatever it is, but someone that you love eventually down the road is going to come out to you and it should definitely soften you know your idea and your opinions like my mom right I, mm-hmm. I know this is your interview but no, like no, please. My, yeah. my mom was like not for you know like she was very she had a lot of questions and I, your parents were the same way yeah. when my sister came out she learned and now she's like an advocate for the LGBTQ plus community so I think yeah as time progresses, more and more people will have someone they love, you know, come out to them openly. And I think times will change and it will get a bit easier for people. Yeah. And even when what you're saying, too, like for me, it was not that when I say no, they weren't supportive. It just was because there were so many questions that they had. Right. Who took it harder, your mom or your dad? My mom, actually. Yeah. And, and that was something that was a shock to me. So I came out when I was like 22, 23 years old, like around okay. there. Uh, and it was just because I was so scared about my biggest fear for me growing up was that if I came out too soon 
uh, that they would not allow me to see my younger brother. And he was right. like 10 years younger than me. I saw him as like, in a way, sometimes even like my little son in a sense. I don't know. Just I had such a care for him and making sure that he was on the right path. And, and you so, didn't want to lose him. I didn't want to lose him. And I didn't want to be shunned away from the family. Um, obviously, as Latinos too, again, there's a big emphasis on family, making them proud. So when I decided to come out, it was because I was away at college. And I when the minute I started college, I was like, okay, I'm going to start exploring what this means. And there were so many resources like a Gay Straight Alliance, uh, clubs and stuff that were talking about these things. And so being away from home, I was very comfortable going to these meetings, talking with friends, making friends who were part of the community. And I was growing in that space on campus that like I was becoming the president of the Gay Straight Alliance. I was being Of course asked, you were. I mean, well, well. <laughs> but like I was fine. I was and I was feeling so empowered in my community. And so uh, one when we were on winter break, the uh, one of our supervisors who was running the organization, she said, hey, Jonathan, in the spring semester, we're going to have this conference. They usually do it with high schools in Westchester where uh, they bring them to our school for like a full day of just conferencing with people who are a part of the community. And they were like, we want you to speak about what it means to be openly out and proud. And I was like, well, and I said yes, because I was like, wow, this is an amazing opportunity to connect with these teenagers about what it means. But I was like, I'm not even openly out to my parents. So I was like, how can I speak to these kids about doing that when I don't even have a little that hypocritical, myself? right? Yeah. Right. And so that winter break, I watched so many Glee episodes of Kurt coming ah. out to his dad. I kid you not. Um, and I wrote down a whole speech and everything. And so when I came out to my parents the speech it didn't go as planned it did not go as planned yeah. but I do love a good bullet point so I, I like I was, in my head I kept track of things that I wanted oh, to at least so touch funny. on uh, but I, it was the day before I moved away moved back to campus so I was at home for winter break the day before I moved back oh uh, so you're like okay if they if they like throw me out I'm going back to school anyway yeah and that was part of my speech as well I was like I was like at least I'll be away if you want me to then figure out like if I need to move somewhere like that's fine I won't come back home like I get it but I was like at least I want you to have some time to like process it and stuff but I I did it as I was folding my clothes, uh, packing for school. I called him into the room. My brother was out watching TV because uh, he was young. So and my, I told my parents and they, it was crazy to me because my mom took it the hardest where she was like, are you sure? Like, what are you, like, what, what's going on? And my dad like immediately was like, he like looked at her, stopped her from like continuing, just grabbed me. And he was like, you're our son no matter what. Oh. And as a Peruano, Latino dad, oh. he was was the one who was growing up because I had a very feminist like feminism like mannerisms mm -hmm. he was the one who would like shake me sometimes and be like stop being like that people are gonna judge you people are gonna bully you like stop acting like that he's very macho man very right? macho man but at that point when he did that it was like all those like traumas and kind of that just rencor sometimes that you have towards your parents because of how they might you know raise you yeah. it all like vanished for me and I was so like it's mm. just you and your brother yeah just me and, you brother, and your yeah. brother mm -hmm. and so uh the minute he said that it, it changed everything me and his connection has just like been so tight and then for my mom it took her some time but the thing about her was that she was always open to dialogue at least and to like listening to me so like I said now when my fiance proposed like my parents were there that's you know so it was it's changed as well yeah that's amazing like how does it feel to come out like so liberating right very like I, I know it sounds so cliche but I kid you not even though we were still dealing with that like what is this gonna look like whatever that day that it happened it felt like a weight was just lifted off and like I could just be like like I could go anywhere and just know that I'm in my truth now for sure you know and, and yeah and I also think if anyone is listening anybody who is going through anything or depression or you know is thinking about suicide or anything 
like that. There are resources yes. in the Bronx for you. So you're always welcome to email me at laura4bronx at gmail.com. I am not a professional, but I will definitely redirect you to some resources um, that are available. I know we have like Destination Tomorrow. Yeah. There's so many different um, mm-hmm. entities. So you're yeah. not alone in this. Definitely. Um, if you could interview anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? I don't say. I, go ahead. Okay. I think I have a clue. Dead or alive? Oh, okay. Uh, it's so hard, but okay. I'm gonna go with someone that's just top of mind right now. I mean, it's it's between J Lo or Oprah Winfrey. I know they're like. Oh. So. I don't know why they're gonna say. Um, they're gonna say like Barack Obama. Everyone says Barack Obama. He's great too. Michelle Obama. Hello. That Michelle. Was actually, yes. Of would you like die? Oh, 100%. I've read her books, audio stuff, J-Lo, Jenny from the Block. I've quoted her so many times because my name is with a J too. So I'm like, I'm like John from the Block. Block. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and Oprah, of course, Queens. Now, I'm sorry, but like, you know who was the best interviewer? Sorry to everyone. Who? Joan Rivers, honey. Oh, yeah. Joan Rivers. She was unbelievable. And she'll have you on your toes. The shade. Such a passionate. Yeah. The shade and the, mm-hmm. the shade. And it would just come off her head. Like, yeah. she didn't need scripts or nothing. It was just on the and wind. And the pettiness. Yeah. yeah. You can never get away with that now. Everyone's oh, too sensitive. Yeah. yeah. But if Joan Rivers gave you a compliment, you knew you were looking amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, just so, describe the Bronx in one word. We touched on it earlier. Resilient. Resilient. Yeah. And what's a detail about our borough that you cannot find anywhere else? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All those local businesses, like all those local shops, local entrepreneurs, like I said, there's so many people here who literally have grown their families here, started their own businesses here, passed it on to their families. Like that beauty of tradition and just kind of nurturing your family. I don't know. There's something very special with love as well here. Yeah, there is a lot of love going on here. And what are your plans for 2024? It's a fresh, it's a clean slate. What's going on in your life? Yes. Okay, so we talked about it earlier. I am working as a journalist, freelancing for a lot of different places. My hope for this year is to find a home somewhere full time. And when I say that, it's just because I want to be able to grow somewhere. Um, the health benefits would be great. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm trying to get married all this. But, uh, yeah, I definitely want to just grow somewhere uh, my career and just uh, be able to also, I also have my own podcast, so to venture and do something like that where I can grow it to my family. So everything about this year is about, for me, solidifying where I am in That's amazing. Life. And you're going, I mean, you're going where you want to go. There's Man. no, um, if you could work for any, like, news station or network, what would it be? Think carefully now. Yes, I know. I'm like, are they listening? Hello? Oh my God, you are, you're like nervous now. My you're email like, is... Uh, uh, we'll take anything, but what's your favorite? <laughs> e! News has been... Uh, oh, yes! Yes! E! News and News Hub. So I just you better move over. Who does E! News now? Uh, Justin Sylvester and Adrian Bailon, but she just stepped out because uh, she wanted to focus on family uh-huh. in New York as well. Uh, but Justin Sylvester, he's one of the first queer uh, African-American hosts that they've ever had. Justin so. Sylvester, we're coming for you. Amen. Or we can co-anchor co- together. No, you would be amazing. I literally said that to you, right? You did. I was like, you belong on e-, on e! News. Yeah, So, uh, but I am finding passion in doing local news as well and right. like those harder news. Right. So it's been this gamble now. It's a good launching. It's a good launching pad for it start for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, like, listen, if you can survive Bronx, you can survive anywhere. Anywhere, for sure. So I'm going to play, I'm very, very excited about this, Mm. a 
60 second lightning round with Jonathan Calixto. Uh-uh. So you don't know these questions. It's just like one word questions. Just the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. okay. You ready? Yeah, prepare. This is like really nerve wracking. I know. I'm like, I'm in the hot seat for sure now. <laughs> bacon, egg, and cheese or chopped cheese? Bacon, egg, and cheese. Favorite bodega in the Bronx? Uh, I like me a little hybrid of both. This restaurant, Deli in Bedford Park is What's my it favorite. Called? It's, I think, National. I think it's called National. Oh, National Bakery? It's like National Cafe, Cafe I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bedford Park. <laughs> okay. Favorite restaurant? In the Bronx? Yeah. Favorite restaurant in the Bronx? People are gonna hate me for this. It's in co-op, I guess. It's uh, Longhorn. <laughs> it's not Longhorn a, Steakhouse. It, yes, it's not a staple to oh, here, but we've Lord. gone there so many times, and it's just in my head. Listen, now. they have a good salad and good bread. I'll tell you that. Yeah, they're like chicken bites. And so stuff. you and I need to go out. We need to eat. Yeah, in the Bronx. Here. Yes, have you ever been to sure. Patsy's, uh, Patricia's of Tremont? No, I oh. have not. So yeah, please take me out. You remember that? It was good. Yeah, you gotta go. Yeah, we got. Listen, this one thing we know how to do is eat. We'll take <laughs> you around. Um, if you and I get into your car right now, what playlist are you putting on on Spotify? Um, anything Ariana Grande. Okay. Happiest day of your life thus far? Uh, the day I became a kidney donor for my dad. That was, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's almost a year now. So, yeah. So, that's... Wow. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, when was that? Um, We're taking a break from lightning round. <laughs> uh, that was March of last year. So, yeah, it was, uh, and again, it was just a big process with being queer Latino. Like, I didn't think I could do it. Uh, thankfully, everything worked out. My dad had been on dialysis for two years at that oh point. Oh, my God. And it was like a whole year process to, you know, make sure everything health-wise was good. But uh, after that, I took like a month where I couldn't work or nothing like that. And I was scared I was going to lose my job at Bronxnet or that I wouldn't be in media space again. And thankfully, uh, the network was amazing with me. All of my other jobs were also great and, and uh, like accommodating. And since then, I I feel like I've been on a whole nother like just how do you yeah. feel like you I feel good feel I was like scared or anything or not really it took some time to obviously feel like energy wise back to myself right. but I'm definitely there now and just you know You're not taking feel enzy- good. you don't need to take enzymes or anything like that no supplement? nothing just be more uh, cautious of like obviously my sugar intake and you know all these like just trying to be as healthy as possible but yeah definitely that's amazing to, yeah I love so, that I love that so much sure. that made me so happy mm-hmm. okay if the Bronx had a real housewives, what would be the best area, the juiciest, the real housewives of? Bedford Park. Ah. <laughs> Born and raised there. Gotta give my... Would you die if like, you interviewed Andy Cohen? Oh my God, 100%. And I love... Andy Cohen, I'm just so sorry. Come on, Andy when Cohen, let's retire, go. Please hire me, okay? I would love to host a reunion. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and my goal is to be a real housewife of Riverdale, so... Yes! <laughs> um... Favorite movie? Ooh, favorite movie, I would say The Whale was top tier for me. Favorite TV show? Real Housewives anything. Which is your favorite, though? Uh, I would say starting with Jersey. Jersey, who's mm-hmm. your favorite? Teresa? Mm, Melissa is up there. You like Melissa? I love me some Melissa. I want to interview her. I first. love Jersey and Beverly Hills. Do you like Beverly Hills? I Beverly, love Beverly love. Hills. But do you think Kyle and Morgan are together? Uh, or just friends? No, I think they're just friends, but I think there's definitely like a stronger chemistry there that she hasn't had with other women in a sense. So I feel right. like it's it's hard for her to live that out while cameras are rolling. So I think it's hard. But also Salt Lake City brought it this season. Never saw. Oh my God. Salt if Lake. you're going to watch anything, watch the last episode of this season that just aired. Crazy One drama. One of the best reality TV moments ever. Ever? Like, yeah, they're More putting it everywhere. More than flipping the table? Uh, probably, yes. Shoot. Someone was exposed for running like a reality blog. And they're now a housewife, so they infiltrated the city. Yep. 
massive crazy. Other than the Real Housewives, what other reality shows? Like drama. Um, we love a good. <laughs> yeah, anything like Big Brother. Love a good Big Brother show. Um, yeah, anything I watch Below Deck. Mm-hmm. I like. I literally love reality TV. It's like my I love. I love butter. it yeah. exactly. Um, all right, your guilty pleasure. Uh, guilty pleasure. Probably singing in the shower. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> I feel like I'm in a concert and you've come to my show. So. Ariana Grande. Yes. You should come karaoke in the office every Friday. Uh, one fun, random fact about you. Fun, random fact about me. That's a good one. I don't I'm stumped. I got fun. you, man. Yeah, well, uh, 60 seconds, sorry. Fun fact about me, I love I love tea. I would say I love tea. What's your favorite? Yeah. Chamomile or hibiscus Which is perfect, because you're on the Four Bronx Community yeah, Tea hello. Podcast. Hello. <laughs> Chamomile is so soothing. Um, favorite snack? Oh, favorite snack. Uh, this is a Peruvian thing, but abas y nunas. They're basically like beans that are like boiled and fried, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Abas y nunas. Favorite Peruvian dish? Uh, causa, which is like a layer of like potato, tuna, or like a chickeny salad. With the yellow thing. sauce, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, good. I, I love me some chaufa. Yeah. Uh, I remember you'll you'll laugh at this. I had like a steak. They're like, oh, eat the steak. It's really delicious. It was anticucho. Oh my god. And I'm like, this is delicious, but don't tell me what it is. It's yeah. a cow heart. I told my fiance he never he never ate it again. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> happened. Um, okay, your last meal on this earth. Don't say Longhorn Steakhouse. Please no. don't say that. <laughs> uh, probably something seafood. I think like a jalea, something like seafood, ceviche, something Something like Peruvian. That. Yes. Something Homemade. Like, oh my God, 100%. Where's a good place to get Peruvian food? Um, I mean, even... My husband says nowhere. It's all, all, it has to be homemade. Yeah, I would say like New Rochelle has a few good spots, but Jersey, Queens, those are like, there's a lot of community there and like local like shops and stuff. P.O.P.O., you like it? A P.O.P.O., it's very generic it's to us. Generic. But yeah. if you want to sponsor me, hi. Hi. <laughs> um, in sync or Backstreet Boys? Oh, in sync for yeah. sure. Who was your favorite? Uh, not. What was it? Ju- not Justin. Uh, JC. JC. Oh my god. Really? Yeah, because he was a dancer. He could sing. Who was and your I was first like, crush? Like celebrity crush. Uh, oh my god, so bad. So embarrassing. Uh, I would say like Ricky Martin was up Me? there. Yeah. Oh my curse! I never cursed, <laughs> and I think he looks hotter now. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. When I saw him in American Horror Story Versace, remember that? Yeah. Not American Horror Story. No, but it you was know what um, I mean? the assassination of Gianni Versace. Yes, the assassination. Yep. I said, please God, like why? Like I would like. I love you, Andrew. I would leave you in a heartbeat of Ricky Martin. <laughs> he is so hot, and he just gets better with freaking age. Yes, amen to that. Yes. So him, he was definitely like first. Yeah. I was in the, you know, and um, I was bartending last, actually last night, there's these three young guys that came in and I was like, oh my God, Ricky Martin's so hot. They're like, who? I'm like, oh my God. No. Stop. They didn't know. And then they're like, oh yeah, live in La Vida Loca. I was just like, I am so freaking old. You're like, we're about to play the playlist so you oh, can just. Well, I grew up with him when he transitioned into Menudo. 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 Yeah, He's so hot. When I saw Ricky Martin, I said, that's it. I need me a Latin man. That's yeah. my type right there. Um, <laughs> One thing that you would like to improve on? Um, improve on consistency. I think the burnout is real and mm-hmm. just trying to like survive in a creative space where you're doing all your like passion projects. Yeah, consistency. The toilet paper, the roll, over or under? Or you don't care? Probably over. Over? Yeah. yeah. And here, I love this. I found this question and I just love it. I just think it's so friggin' random. Yeah. Would you eat a day-old taquito from 7-Eleven? 100%. My family knows me. 
I am like, they leave it in the fridge for a few days. I'll eat it. Yeah, I'm, You're I'm like fine. You're like the second person in the world. That's Everyone's like, hell yeah, give oh, it to yeah. me. Yeah, food is food. What's your We're favorite great. fast food? Favorite fast food would be between like Burger King or Wendy's. Wendy's was like when I was working in the city, interning like five days a week, uh-huh. the four for four saved four. my life. Yeah, like, it still saves my life. You it's get five nuggets, dollar fries, fries, everything. Yeah, but I think Wendy's was better when we were kids. Definitely. Now it's also pricier. Now it was better when experiment. the box was yellow. Remember everything was yeah, yellow? I'm like, so, but it definitely held me down for a while. Well, thank you so much for playing that lightning round. It wasn't thank too you. bad, right? No, I mean, I was like, I hope I can bring you more juicy answers. I was going to ask you, J-Lo time, or Cardi B? <gasps> J-Lo. Sorry, Cardi. There's a love there, but J-Lo, I mean, from the block. I'm going to throw some shade okay. at J-Lo. Ooh. I'm sorry. And I love J-Lo. I went to Vegas to see J-Lo at her residency and the whole thing. Ooh. But... Let's just be honest. For someone who shouts out the Bronx as much as she does, she could do a hell of a lot more for our people. She could True. do a musical theater school or something like that. She's yeah. done nothing. Yeah, so. and and hopefully there is time for her to so come, come back. So come on, J Lo, yeah. come back to the block bring and it back to the block. bring it back to the block and speak to Laura and, and educate these kids. Yeah. Amen to that. You know, Cardi at least goes back to it. Cardi, She's been good you know, at with the fire yeah. in um, Twin, yes. Twin Points, she did pay for all those funerals. And like, listen, no one is no one is responsible for anything. But it's just like you've made so much money off of our borough, oh, borough. and shouting it out. Like, come yeah. on. I'm Sorry, J Lo. I mean, listen, I would love to have you on the podcast. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. I'll sing every song. Um, great. Brittany or Christina? That's a tough one. I'm going to go with Britney because she lets me dance more in the clubs when I'm out there and stuff. Britney like, you is know, queen. Any, yeah, she has so many good da- dance tracks. Now, Christina, House Down, what was it, Hurt, when she came out with that song? Oh, my gosh. She has so many, like, good, like, singing. Just, just like, just... yes. So, both of them are queens. So. You know, I, you you follow this music and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I heard a voice, and I haven't heard a voice like this in a very long time. You do, you follow Broadway? I, uh, yeah, a little bit here Cynthia and, there. and Revo. Oh yeah, she's oh. in the Wicked with Ariana yes. Grande. Yes, that's she is no friggin' joke. Yeah, and she's like she can act, she can she sing. She took my breath everything. away, actually. Yeah, she's yeah. really good, really, really good. So um, yeah, like so, if we want to find out about you, where can we find you? Yeah, so definitely check out my Instagram. Uh, it's called This Is Jay Cali. I also have a podcast called Inspire Your Inner Boss. So anything on social media, definitely. And if you see me around the Bronx, say hi. Just you know, yeah. Hello, and I'm gonna put you on the spot. We're gonna have you. At Riverdale Pride this year. I want you to be like a speaker and I want you to talk to them, everyone. I will be there with all my rainbows. Maybe you can judge the voguing contest. Oh, honey, I'm I'm a Do you vogue? dancer, so oh not God. voguing specifically, so I don't want to like mess up the culture, but dancing, that was where I started. Ballet, modern, African dance, oh. and salsa bachata, give me a little something, yep. Uh, my, my goal life. in Riverdale, and I think I'll get murdered, but... Um, I think if Riverdale had a witch trial, I'd be the first one on the stake. You think so? No. My my goal is to have a kiki ball over here. Oh my! Why not? I Hello. Love it. Educate me. What's a kiki a ki- ball? What's like a kiki it's like voguing. Um, we do a lot of. Uh, well, the community does a lot of like judging, like your runway walk. It's just like a lot of like competition within the ballroom so scene and like queer. Here. Yes, but with like elements of like voguing, dancing, your runway, your fashion. Like oh. it's like very category. You come in like, yeah. Yeah. And there's so from, many icons that are from the Bronx. You come from well. a house, like, right? Yeah. You also come from a house. And if the house also, wins, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, almost like Harry Potter. Pick your house. Pick your house. I mean, at the end of the day, you're like, yes, I want to be part of that house. So yes, it's, it's a very. You know my goal in life? You know who like my ultimate, ultimate, I don't know if you've ever seen this show. My ultimate goal in life is to be Electra from Pose. Oh yeah, Dominique. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh yeah, she is. 
You know, I watched her when she was on a show years ago called Strut. It was like a first ever um, trans inclusive show on uh-huh. Oxygen. She was there. This is maybe like 10 years or so. And at the time, people, she was obviously known in the community, but like it was one of my first glimpses of her. And I was like, wow, she's such an icon. And to see her in pose and what she does now, I'm like, yeah, these she's fierce. Where were your old haunts, um, the gay bars downtown? Where would I go to? Yeah. Like, oh, um, oh my God. I would go to like, uh, what was it? A Ritz? Dancing Let queen. Me tell you something. Peppermint. I yes. remember Peppermint was like. Yeah. No, I, you, I can't. Ah. I can't say what she would. What she would sing. I saw her before Drag Race, and I would just go see her perform, and she would sing the most outrageous song. It would be Hip Hop Thursdays at the Ritz. Uh huh. Yeah. And I hated it because they had a twerking contest, and the winner won a bottle of champagne. I don't yeah. know if you this. And every week I would go, and this like four hundred pound dude would twerk, and he would win every Ooh. week. I'm like, you are not going to beat this. You're not going to. But he he works. Yeah. He really, really Boxers works. Boxers is another good one, too. Very, um, I think they've started to have like more Latino like input in there, like Latino founders or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, but they're also really good if you want to see men in boxers. I know that's a little... Do you remember? I went to... A- <laughs> <laughs> Literally, the bartenders are in boxers, so... <laughs> I went to a place... Um, I don't know. It was, it was a gay bar downtown. It was very late in the night. And like when you went in, you had to like say your horoscope. And, like, if you found somebody else with your horoscope, the two of you went to the bar and got a free drink. No way. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's I was cool. very drunk at this point. And I don't remember. <laughs> but I was the queen of Castro. You remember Castro? Yes. I was the queen of Castro. Yes. Oh my. I would walk in. They'd be like, yes, Khloe Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of... Dykeman was one of the first places, too, where I would go out when I first, like, came out and stuff with oh, my friends from high school. Yeah. Yes. yes. Right across the street or something. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Oh, one God, of the best the, memories the, was there. The good old days. Down. The box was also, I think, before Castro's or maybe in that same block, uh, there was a place called The Box. It was literally tiny, uh, but one of the best places. Industry. It's like when you get all the like, yeah. What was the other one? Industry? And there was... Industry. There was also, um, it I was think more, it's... It was like like two blocks from each other or something. Yeah, I don't remember, but yeah. so many places. And so of course, Stonewall. I mean, that's just like a monument. I just took my fiance there for the first time. If you want queer history, go to Stonewall. That's where the riot started. Like, that's where the movement of queer history in New York started. So, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Check Jonathan out on BronxNet and your podcast. Say it one more time. Yeah. Podcast is called Inspire Your Inner Boss. Thank you so much for joining and taking thank time out of your busy, crazy schedule for our little podcast. So. Anytime. Thank, thank you. you so much. And until next time, community. Well, friends, that wraps up another episode of the Four Bronx Community Podcast. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, email me today at laura4bronx at gmail.com. Join us next time.